The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Christmas Day, December 25th, 2021, on the basis of verses from Exodus 33 and 34. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. Distance makes it hard to love someone. Maybe you're aware of that. I think back to the last days of high school when we hugged our friends and we cried and we said goodbye and we promised that we would stay in touch, that we would be friends forever. Fast forward just a few quick years, maybe even just a few quick months, and those high school friends were replaced with new friends. And those old friends were forgotten. They became just memories, people who we bump into from time to time who pop up on our Facebook feeds every now and then. Time and distance changed us. Distance makes things difficult. Any couple who's been in a long-distance relationship can tell you that. Any parent who's dropped their child off at college or moved them out of the house can tell you that too. There is this fear in the distance that it will change us, that it will make us just a memory, that we will be forgotten and left behind like those high school friends. The holidays are supposed to help with that. It's a time for family to come back together, for everyone to come home, for the kids to come back. And maybe for a moment things do seem right. Everyone is home, but everyone has to go at some point. And soon the house feels just as empty, if not more, than before. And that sinking feeling of loneliness, of emptiness, creeps back in, of being forgotten, of becoming just a memory. In many ways, that's exactly how we as Christians feel about our relationship with God. It feels like he's up in heaven, we're here on earth. This morning, we're here in church singing and praising him, but it feels one-sided. It feels as if God is silent, as if he's hidden, as if he's forgotten about us. But today, God shows us that he hasn't forgotten about us. He tells us that he can be found, and more than that, he shows us where he can be found. And he's closer than you and I might think. We begin our story in Mount Horeb, not Mount Horeb, Wisconsin, but in Mount Horeb in the Sinai Peninsula. The people of Israel were about to be destroyed. God had brought them out of Egypt. He had led them to freedom. He had raised up Moses to be their leader. And now the people were camped at Mount Sinai, also known as Mount Horeb, on the way to the Promised Land. As the people were camped there, God had shown them his power and his might. He had shaken the mountain with lightning and thunder. He had filled the sky with smoke. And he had given them his Ten Commandments, his laws. And here at the mountain, Moses went up to go and speak with God. But while Moses was away, the people turned away from God. They made a golden calf for their worship, and they began to indulge in all the sinful desires that they wanted. And when God saw this, he became enraged, and he told Moses that he would destroy and wipe out the people of Israel. Moses begged God to remember his promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to their ancestors, that he would be faithful and merciful and God relented. God listened to Moses 
And he promised that he wouldn't destroy the people. However, he would not go up with them to the promised land. When the people heard this, they were devastated. They were crushed because they understood what this meant. If God did not go with them, they had no chance of peace, no chance of prosperity, no chance of any success. They would be destroyed and defeated in the promised land. And so Moses went and begged God again. He said, you have made me the leader of this people but how can I lead them if you don't come with us? You have made this people your nation, but how can we be your nation if you aren't with us? How will we be different from any of the other peoples of the world? Be merciful to us. And God answered Moses' prayer. He said, I will go up with you to the promised land and I will give you rest. In that moment, Moses became overjoyed, elated, filled with emotion, and in that moment he wanted more. He wanted certainty. He wanted to see with clear eyes and not just believe blindly. He wanted to know what God's plans were, his plans for their people, his plans to prosper them and make them good. And so Moses begged God, and he said, Now show me your glory. But God couldn't do what Moses asked. See, Moses was a sinful, flawed human being, and sinful, flawed humans cannot stand before a perfect God. But God promised Moses that he would show him his goodness, that he would create a way that Moses could catch just a glimpse of God's glory. In many ways, we are like Moses. We are desperate to see God. In the hustle and bustle of the holiday season, we are bombarded with messages of joy and peace and holiday cheer. We are presented with pictures of perfect families, of happy hearts, of big smiles. But all of it, all of the decorations, all of the ornaments, all of the lights, it's just a thin covering over the hard truth that our life here on earth can be difficult, that it can be heartbreaking, that it can be full of sorrow. There are times in life when we are overwhelmed with the burden of guilt. In the holidays, we like to joke about the nice and naughty list, about filling stockings with coal, but the truth is there are things that we have done that we deeply regret, things that weigh on our hearts, things that keep us up at night, that make us question, can we really be loved? Can God really call me his child after everything that I've done? There are moments in life when the weight of loneliness weighs on us as well. The holiday season just makes us more aware of it, more aware that we are an isolated island. As all of our friends and our co-workers celebrate the holidays with parties and with family, we become more aware that we are all alone. And the weight of grief also attacks us in life. Maybe we do get to celebrate the holidays with family. Maybe we do get to have that Christmas dinner. But maybe this is the first Christmas where we're missing someone, where someone isn't there. And as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, as we come face to face with guilt and loneliness and grief, we begin to doubt and to question God's goodness. And we begin to wonder, does God really love me? Does he really care about me? Does he really have my best interests in mind? 
and we begin to wish like Moses, if only I could see God, if only he would just show me a glimpse of himself, if he would just show me his plans for me, then I could believe in his goodness, in his promises, in his existence, then I could be certain. But as long as we live here on earth, there is a veil that covers our eyes. No matter how hard we try to see God, we can't see him fully. Not because God doesn't want us to see him, but because we are flawed human beings. Because he is infinite and we are finite. Because his ways are so far above our ways, so much greater than our knowledge. And so God remains hidden. But there is a way to see God. God provided Moses with a way. The next day, Moses went up the mountain, and God placed Moses into an opening in the rock, a cleft in the rock. God placed his hand over Moses to protect him as he passed by. And once he had walked past, God withdrew his hand. And Moses, in the cleft of that rock, could see the space where God had just walked. He could look behind God and catch just a glimpse of his glory. We don't know exactly what Moses saw. He doesn't tell us. We can only imagine how beautiful, how splendid it was. But that doesn't really matter because we do hear what Moses hears. As God passed by, he proclaimed his name. He proclaimed who he was. He said, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness, showing his love to thousands and forgiving wickedness and sin and rebellion. But he does not hold the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children for the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. With these words, God proclaimed his name. He told us who he is. He gave Moses his goodness. He told Moses who he was. And in this glimpse of his glory here on Mount Horeb, God shows us that his glory is not found in appearances. It's not in seeing him face to face. Because God is invisible. He doesn't have a hand we can shake. He doesn't have a face that we can see. He doesn't have flesh that we can touch and hold and feel. His glory is found not in appearances, but in who he is, in his grace, in his mercy, in his truth, and in his justice. And we find that in his word. When you read through the Bible, when you read his word, you find God's goodness. You see his goodness to his people. You see how he saved his people time and time again, how he brought them out of slavery to freedom, how he led them to the promised land, how he destroyed enemy armies and gave them victory. And there we also see God's truth and his justice. We hear of his Ten Commandments, his law. We hear of how he warned the people time and time again to turn back to him. And we hear of how finally God allowed them to be conquered. Because that is how we see God. Like Moses, we see him from behind. We cannot look at him directly, but we can see where he walked. We can see the footprints in the sand. And if we're looking for God, if we're looking for his truth and his grace, the place to start is at Christmas. At Christmas, God stepped into human flesh. In the baby Jesus, we have God's greatest gift of grace. In Jesus, God bridged 
the divide between heaven and earth, between you and God. In Jesus, we see God's goodness. We see his mercy. We see a man and a God who came to preach the good news to the poor, to heal the sick, the blind, and the lame, to seek and save the lost. And in Jesus, we see God's justice, God's truth. Jesus came to save us. He came to pay the punishment for our sins. He satisfied God's wrath to give us peace. And maybe there is that part of us that wishes, if only I could have been there. If only I could have been at the manger like a shepherd. If I could have been one of the magi, the wise men, to present my gifts to Mary and Joseph. If only I could have been a disciple to see Jesus, to see his miracles and hear his teachings. You don't need to see Jesus face to face. God has given you his glory. God has given you his goodness. He tells you who he is in his word. He tells you that wherever you hear this teaching of grace and truth, of mercy and justice, what we Lutherans call law and gospel, there God is, and there is his glory. That means that God is here in our preaching, in our praising. It means that he is here on Sundays in the word. It means that he is here with you when you meditate on his word. It means that he has not forgotten you, that this is not a long-distance relationship. It means that when you are feeling the weight of guilt on your heart, you can turn back and see Jesus stretched out on the cross, saying, it is finished, that every last drop of your sin has been forgiven. It means that when we're lonely, we can turn back to his promise that he will never leave us, never forsake us, that he will always be with us to the end of the age. It means that when we are burdened with grief, as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we can know that God is with us. It's the same message that Moses heard on Mount Horeb and that we hear today in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It's the message of God's goodness, of his grace, of his truth, of his love, and of his justice. It's the message that God has not forgotten you, that he is near, that he is here, that he can be found, that you have seen his glory. And the day is coming when that veil will finally be lifted, when you will see God face to face more clearly, more completely. And maybe then we'll be able to look back and see all the paths God led us down, all of his goodness, all of his love towards us, all of his ways of grace and truth. But until that day, God has given you all that you need. He has given you his glory. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Amen.